Welcome to day 339 of Shaped by the Word. Uh, we're drawing to the end of another year together. This year we have uh, been reading through the story of the prophets. Uh, we've just finished Ezekiel, which, uh, and uh, the way that we describe the books, you know, the Bible is called one of the major prophets, which means that uh, their writings are quite extensive. Uh, the last, you know, 12 books of the Bible are often called the 12 or called the minor prophets. And they're not minor because of their message. They're minor because their, their writings are not nearly as long. So this week we will uh, both uh, start and conclude uh, one of the shorter of the minor prophets, you know, the book of Haggai. And then we will begin one of the longer of the minor prophets, you know, the book of uh, Zechariah. Both of these are written, Haggai and Zechariah are written, and we've been taking the prophets you know, in historical order. We just finished Ezekiel. Ezekiel is prophesying to the people who are in exile about the coming restoration of Israel and the return from exile. When we find ourselves in Haggai, the people have returned. And, of course, what they experience is not nearly as glorious you know, as what Ezekiel describes in the restoration of the temple and the restoration of the people and uh, the restoration, you know, of the prince. So we have people in a very discouraging, you know, situation. Matter of fact, you know, we just read about the portion, the reapportionment of the land. Uh, the people that will one day be including this land are now the bitter enemies of Israel as they return. The Samaritans are those who used to be a part of the kingdom of Israel. So Haggai and uh, Zechariah both are preaching in desperate times to encourage the people not to lose heart and to rebuild uh, the temple. And so that's where we pick up as we come to the book of Haggai. As always, uh, before we uh, before we read, we, we stop to pause. At, every time we come to Scripture, it is a holy moment you know, for us because through Scripture, which is God's Word and contains God's presence and God conveys God's power, that uh, we have come into the presence of God himself and our desire is for him to use his word as a means of grace to accomplish his work in us. So before we read, uh, Cindy, do you mind lifting us up? Mm -hmm. A word of prayer. Father, we do thank you for your word. And we come to this time um, asking, Lord, that by your spirit you would meet us where we are and that you would use your word in our lives to... Um, either encourage us, Father, or um, convict us of sin, or just show us, Father, the things that um, you need us to know. And uh, as we would always pray, may your word just deepen our faith and our love for you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Haggai 1. In the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, where the Lord came through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Shittiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You've planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages, only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house, so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. 
You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with your own house. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crop. I called for a drought on the fields and on the mountains, on grain, the new wine, the olive oil, and everything else the ground produces, on people and livestock, on all the labor of your hands. Then Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, Joshua, son of Jehozadak, and the high priest, and the whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the message of the prophet Haggai, because of the Lord their God had sent them, and, and the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave the message of the Lord to the people, I am with you, declares the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the, priest, the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of the people that came and began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty their God on the 24th day of the sixth month. So we have a you know a very simple appeal. You know, the appeal is, uh, should we not be as concerned with the house of the Lord as we are you know, with our own houses. Mm -hmm. And of course, we're talking about far more when we talk about the house of the Lord than, you know, just a physical Mm -hmm. building, although the physical building, you know, represents that here. You know, remember from the covenant, you know, with David that a house can be, you know, the very presence and the very legacy uh, where David says, I want to build a house for the Lord. And the Lord says, no, I will build a house or a legacy, uh, you know, for you or an inheritance, you know, for you. So the, symbolism here is you know incredibly powerful also builds on those covenant promises if you honor me i'll honor you and the land will bring forth and bear fruit if you dishonor me the land itself will close itself to you and and of course that's a repeated pattern you know that uh, Mm -hmm. people of judah by all circumstances you know want to avoid Mm -hmm. i found this to be very convicting in that it the way i read this the people had become so preoccupied with pursuing um, their own lives, just the things that, you know, they were going after, whether it was eating and drinking or making wages, all those things. They were desiring those things to satisfy and fulfill them more than they were desiring the presence of the Lord in their lives, which was symbolic of the the meeting place or the temple. No, you eat and are not filled. You plant and you mm-hmm. do not reap. You wear clothes and you can't, you know, get warm. Mm-hmm. You earn wages and it's almost like there's a hole in your purse, mm-hmm. you know, and they slide away. And, uh, you know, it's the whole idea of having all the goods of this world, but not having the riches that come from the blessing and the presence of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it's also the idea, you know, that we, we, we don't want to make too much of, but we don't want to make too little of that the Lord, uh, when a man or a woman honors the Lord, then the Lord honors them and enriches them in in ways, you know, that are beyond, you know, our imagination, beyond our capacity. Mm -hmm. And, of course, God in his discipline will often withhold his blessing and his presence Mm -hmm. and bring leanness in order to get our attention, Mm -hmm. you know, as well. So we're going to return this into an out-and-out prosperity theology, but there is a deep truth Mm-hmm. You know, that lies in there, mm-hmm. you know, the richness that comes from the presence of the Lord. Mm-hmm. He says it twice, you know, give careful thought to your ways. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it's so, I mean, who would think you could turn to the prophets for like really practical stuff? But I mean, mm-hmm. I like Haggai a lot. Like he's really just kind of comes in and like tells the people like, you're not satisfied. You're not serving the Lord. Like you give thought to your ways. Like th- there's a reason this is like this. And mm-hmm. You know, it's a verse we talk about even a lot as as elders out of First Timothy, where 
Paul kind of tells Timothy, like, hey, like, give careful thought to your life and to your doctrine, like, because these things really matter, because by them you'll persevere, both you and your people. And and so that's the same thing he's saying here. He's like, you got to give thought to your ways. And because so often we can just live life and do what we're doing, that we find we're very unsatisfied after a period of time. Mm-hmm. And and I love here that even after hearing this from Haggai, which seems kind of rare in the prophets, the people respond and they they respond positively. You know, yeah, they that's like, true. Yeah. yeah, we let's hope the people obeyed the voice of the Lord and the message of the prophet Haggai. Mm-hmm. And so you get to see like it's good to hear the word of the Lord, to respond to it properly and to let it examine, you know, your ways and the way you're living. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love even in, you know, continuing in, in that when they hear the word of the Lord, they obey. It says even still though the Lord stirred up, you know, their spirits yeah. stir, stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel and, mm-hmm. you know, the spirit of jo- Joshua, then the spirit of the whole remnant, you know, that it, it almost makes me think of you get to Ephesians and, you know, just we're called to work our, our salvation with fear and trembling, but also, right, the one who works in us, mm-hmm. but called to, to walk in the good works that he has prepared in advance mm-hmm. for us to to walk in. So just seeing a little bit of that, of like the Lord, the mm-hmm. Lord's word comes down, calls them to obedience, they obey, but it's also in this stirring up that the Lord does, yeah, that stands out to me. No, it, it, and obviously... We cannot turn our affections toward the Lord unless the Lord Himself turns our affections toward Him. So we're just so dependent on you know on His Spirit for every aspect of what it means to live and to please Him, you know, including our you know affections. And so that is Paul in Ephesians that He's working in you both to both to will and to act. He gives you you know He stirs up our spirit and He get, enables us you know to act. And that is a you know, very strong observation, you know, coming from this passage that mm-hmm. uh, not only does he offer commands, but he also, through his spirit, offers the ability to respond to him mm-hmm. you know, in those commands. And you see, you know, you see a picture, you know, mm-hmm. picture of that here, yeah. you know, that is very rich. Mm-hmm. And even another fun picture of the people coming together in this task, there's this community that's orienting themselves around the Lord and around his word and and together they're doing this. It's not just this individual thing, but even those glimpses of community. Um, you know, obviously that mm-hmm. runs deep throughout Scripture, and especially you know, we get to the Book of Acts and this new community that Christ is forming. And so I love seeing them come together to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God. Yeah. yeah, I think the contrast here is interesting. You know, kind of picking up with Jesus, where you have the people who are maybe zealous a little bit for their own building of their house initially and the Lord, the word of the Lord comes and, you know, brings conviction and obedience. And, but you get to Jesus, I mean, very you know, early on, he's like, did you not know it must be about my father's house? And, and then he clears the temple courts. Did you not know that the zeal for, you know, the house will consume me? And, and so just seeing that contrast here of, you know, we really do need a, a better vision of, of what it looks like to be zealous for God's right. house. And, and of course, yeah. you know, from a biblical theology standpoint, we talked about this yesterday, uh, that the uh, the temple of the Lord represents God's presence yeah. Yeah. In your, uh, w- with them. And it's, you know, I think, you know, Cindy started us off on the right note where, you know, the real question, the application question that flows out of this text, are we, mm-hmm. we more preoccupied in building and securing, you know, a legacy for ourselves and securing good things for ourselves? Or for the name of the Lord, and uh, for bringing Him glory, and building His legacy, and mm-hmm. securing good things, you know, from Him. And it's easy, you know. You even have David, who has, you know, built his palace, and he's 
looking at all the cedar that's yeah. looking around and looks <laughs> from this incredible balcony that he has built himself. He has a vision of all of oh Jerusalem gosh, in front so of him. He oops. looked down there and he said, oh, no, there's God's house. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've been far more concerned with, you know, building a name and comfort for ourselves and we have been building his name mm-hmm. and pursuing his his glory and his fame. Mm-hmm. Father, we thank you for who you are and we thank you, Father, uh, that I... You have caused your people to be your temple where you dwell and where you're present. And we thank you that you are present in us. Uh, Father, we pray that we would not be caught up in uh, all the great gifts that you've given us and the good things that this world has to offer uh, to the point that we miss that there's something far bigger uh, that you've given us in Christ Jesus. May we live for your fame, for your glory. It's in your holy name we pray. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen.